Hello, friends. Our reading this week comes from 2 Kings 5, 1 through 3, and then 7 through 15 C. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Aramans on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But then Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in rage. But his servant approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Naaman was what we would equate to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the military leader of one of the region's most powerful nations. He lived among and socialized with the elite, but he had a skin disease. He could think about all of his accomplishments. He could enjoy his power and his position. He could admire his home and his wealth, but they all seemed to vanish when he looked into the mirror. Each time he looked at himself, that but defined his life. He was a leper and nothing could change that fact. Leprosy in Naaman's day was like AIDS was in the 1980s. Lepers were isolated and humiliated. They were outcasts, the original untouchables. They were forced to wear torn clothing and shout, unclean, unclean, anytime they encountered an uninfected person. Leprosy was the most feared disease of his day. It was extremely contagious and in many cases incurable. In its worst forms, leprosy led to death.
Granted, Naaman's leprosy was probably in its early stages or a mild form. He had concealed it, but now his clothing would not cover it up. While people treated him respectfully, nobody would touch him. I feel compassion for Naaman because, though not as severe as leprosy, I have been in his shoes. For most of my adult life, my skin was completely covered with eczema that constantly itched and burned all day and all night. I was always scratching. I always had open wounds on my hands, legs, everywhere. There wasn't a minute of the day that I could point out to you that somewhere on my body wasn't itching. It was painful, but more than anything else, it was embarrassing. People would stare and always felt compelled to ask me about it. I loved the winter season because even though my skin got even worse at that time, I could wear long sleeves and pants all the time and keep it covered. I never wore shorts or anything less than ankle-length dresses for so many years. Everyone had a solution for me, and I tried them all. Gluten-free diet, lotions, creams, changing laundry detergent. You name it, I've tried it. I finally resigned myself to the fact that this was just my life, and I had to live with it. At my wedding, I asked for makeup to be applied to my hands, and I asked the photographer to not feature my hands in any pictures. She did it anyway. Every picture from my wedding and from most of my adult life that I look at, my eyes immediately go to my hands. When I see, it, see the picture of me holding my babies for the first time, I'm drawn first to my hands covered in sores. One day, while I was still on maternity leave, I got a call that changed my life. I had done seasonal allergy clinical trial studies for years and became friends with the staff. Each time I had to go get an EKG or a blood draw for a past study, the study coordinator would feel so bad for me for how painful my skin must be. She called me that day and told me that she was working for a new doctor now and they were about to start a new study for a medicine for atopic dermatitis, which is also known as eczema. She told me the drug had already been used successfully for treating rheumatoid arthritis and Crohn's disease, and she really wanted to get me in the study. I was and am still patient number one on the study for her clinic. Within a few days of starting the medicine, I could tell it was working. My skin was healing when it hadn't done that in tens of years. Though I still had lots of scars, I saw hope for the first time. Could this one little white pill every morning seriously be the solution to something that had overtaken my entire life? The longer I was on the medicine, the more my skin improved. And within a few weeks, it was completely clear. I've been on M. 16045, which now has a name and is called Renvoke, for four years. And every morning as I swallow the pill, I am immensely grateful for that study coordinator and for this drug that gave me my life and my confidence back. So I know that Naaman's life sucked. Even if everything else was going right for him, I am sure that his leprosy consumed his mind every day every minute. He traveled to Samaria. 
if Israel were like a second-rate, third-world country, Samaria would have been the armpit of that second-rate, third-world country. Samaria was despised even by the Israelites. When Naaman arrived at Elisha's dusty dwelling, a far cry from Jerusalem's splendor, Elisha sends out his servant. Naaman had been remarkably flexible and amiable, willingly traveling out to the prophet's remote house to ask for the healing touch. But when Elisha's servant shows up at the door with the instructions for the cure, Naaman is mad. He's outraged. He's pissed off. He's not only tired from the journey to this hot desert, he's ready to spit bullets in the direction of Elisha. Then Elisha sent him to go to wash in the dirtiest river around. On top of that, Naaman felt disrespected, and he almost let that stand in the way of a cure. I love that it was his servant who talked sense into him, not his high-powered friends and colleagues. His servant said, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? So Naaman went to the river, and he went like all in, like his head was all the way under that nasty water seven times. Sometimes life's most timely and powerful advice comes from unlikely places. Are we open to hearing it? Is this not just how God always works? God almost never does what we think God is going to do or what we think God should do. God has a way of challenging our thoughts, our pride, and our regular way of thinking. God's blessings stretch us to, to change, and they push our boundaries in surprisingly strange ways. C.S. Lewis said, For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Pride keeps us from accepting the easy answers that are right in front of us and from accepting the love God is offering us. When we give ourselves in obedience to God, whatever God does for us is complete, and it's well done. The passage says that his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Naaman was a military leader, so I bet you can imagine that through combat, he had received some battle wounds. His hands were probably rough from his work, and before his leprosy, I bet that his body had been through some tough times. But the passage says that after he was cleaned, his skin was like a young boy or even a baby. God didn't just get Naaman back to what he looked like pre-leprosy. He restored him to when his skin was its most whole. God never leaves anything halfway done. If we are all in, God is all in too. Elisha gave Naaman an incredibly simple solution and cure, but Naaman tried to overcomplicate it. Naaman's story reminds us that God meets us right where we are. No matter how lacking our faith or how big our ego, God's love is there. How often in life are we more willing to try all the very hardest things but ignore the simple solutions that are right in front of us? How often do we not trust that when God opens a door in front of us, that it will be what's best for us, and instead we struggle to try to do things on our own and keep fighting all the locked doors? I found a list of three things that people generally overcomplicate for no reason. 
First is losing weight. There are only two things to remember. Eat less calories and exercise more. If people followed those two basic rules, they would lose weight. Instead, people read books and they watch videos and they read studies and they adopt trendy diets and they spend a ton of money. The second is becoming a better writer. Read more and write more, period. Instead, people who want to write buy books on writing. They take writing classes and they try everything else imaginable. The third is being a parent, a good parent. Parents need to offer love and freedom and room and board. The emotional and the physical. Everything else is trivial. But the massive parenting industry now says that the job includes baby Einstein cards, daily note taking on the mood swings of your child, knowing all the developmental leaps, endless tutors and consultants, and on and on and on. Just because something simple doesn't mean it's easy. Parenting, writing, and losing weight are all really hard, but also simple. Naaman almost rejected his opportunity for healing by getting angry that Elisha didn't show up to greet him at the door. Elisha maybe did not have tact, but he had a treatment. He may not have had compassion, but he had a cure. Naaman humbled himself. He decided to not overcomplicate it. Leprosy defined his earlier life, but God's healing touch would redefine the rest of it. He experienced God by being humble and obedient, and he was changed both outwardly and inwardly. I'll leave you with a few questions to consider. How is God inviting you to humble yourself this week? Is there a part of your life that you keep overcomplicating? What would it take for you to trust God enough to simply wash and be clean? Amen.